Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live outrage. from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear you? No. Yeah, there I, we go. I haven't plugged in my headphones yet. So I'm on. All right, good morning. Woo! Here we go. It's raining. It's good. I like it. It is. It's very nice out there. Uh, if you're driving, turn your headlights on. Use your windshield wipers. Stop texting. I got passed by some clown going like 80 with no headlights texting. Hmm. All right. In the rain. That's one way to end up in the paper, I guess. Dan, (laughs) knock it off. It wasn't wasn't Dan. We don't even take the same road anymore. (laughs) We used to carpool at the beginning of the show. I lived out in Osos, and we, we rode together sometimes. Now, not so much. Hey, well, great week, huh? Yeah. Did you have a good week? It was a productive week. Yeah? Yeah. It That's had its good. highs and lows. Pro- productive is good. <laughs> yeah. I, you're, you like being productive, so that has to equate to I a really, good week. Yeah. I had a productive week as well. And uh, I had a good week. I had a, it was a fun week. I'm glad to be here today. I was I was uh, just sharing with Dan that I'm, I'm, wearing, my, I'm wearing a t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops. Uh, and a baseball hat today. And it's raining. In Dress total. For <laughs> <laughs> Dress for summer. Well, I mean, I felt hot. I, I feel hot right now. So I'm just some Wow. Maybe we should open that studio door. In Big Bear when it used to, uh, I, when I lived there, you know, it would snow. Uh, yeah, I guess I could say it used to snow there because for the last few years it doesn't snow there very much I anymore. I think maybe right now it probably is snowing. It could Bear. be, though this thing's kind of a pineapple express, though. It's it's warm. It's not it's not supposed to be bringing low elevation snow levels um, the way that it could. But isn't like the Bay Area getting pounded right now with like nine inches of rain or something? Yeah, I well, didn't watch the news this morning. Is there already pictures of like cars floating, <laughs> floating into hipster cafes and whatnot? Yeah, well, I, I've heard uh, Oakland is uh, already getting like three inches of rain. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pipe it down here. It makes me makes me wonder if they're rethinking how to handle like all the runoff. I was driving down just my street and I see all the the rain in the gutter. It's going into the storm drain. Then where does it go? Oh man, down the concrete highway right out into the bay. Right? It's really lame. We yeah. gotta, I mean, if we're going to like put some money into infrastructure improvements, let's like figure out what to do with runoff rainwater. You're crazy. Why? You can't go convincing the average citizen that collecting rainwater is smart. I think if you could, now would be the time when we, when we see it like <laughs> twice a year. And the snowpacks are less than ever and yeah. chunks of glacier and iceberg are breaking off. Uh, when I was in school, you know, I... I don't want to just say that in case somebody doesn't know. I think I say this every week, but I was a city and regional planning major at Cal Poly, and we did um, all of the, like, you know, circulation, land use, parking, all that kind of stuff. One of the big things was, you know, like, 
shopping centers, grocery stores, all those places. Why should that be acres of asphalt? Couldn't it be like some sort of a permeable permeable seems like ground. all parking lots whether it's a big box store or just the little well, you, neighborhood market they should all have permeable parking lots because you, you don't need to go fast in a parking lot no but you <laughs> pave them up for um you know maximum capacity black friday yeah and but then they how sit. does that change the capacity of the parking lot I don't know, man. It doesn't. it doesn't. It doesn't. But then, you know. Like the new Lemos out in Morro Bay, they use those paver um, blocks for their driveway area. I think we're going to see and more have, and more of that. They just have different colors to, to delineate the parking spots. Yeah. People will still figure out how to park. Yeah. Don't worry. Plus, it yeah. still makes it, it makes it look so much nicer than just the big concrete slab. Yeah, it just kind of has that cobbled, you know, old mm -hmm. old world kind of feel. Let's, all, let's all agree to tear our driveways out and put in... Um, those are they pavers the blocks with like the, the yeah. little piece of dirt in the middle actually what are have, they called i actually have pavers they're really you do really, so you don't really have to tear really. yours out you can leave yours in no they're most new really. construction seems to do that but i mean it's that's getting a little bit that's smarter. not the big deal it's it's all the the stuff on the roads that gets collected and then there's it gets plenty funneled of, out you get rivers going out into there's the, plenty of places around though like in los osos and napomo and stuff where they build retention basins where there is an effort to mm -hmm. kind of collect it and have it um all recharge the ground but it can't yeah, be that expensive not, to take the storm drain and before it gets the ocean just hook a left over to a field yeah something else <laughs> I mean, I would drive on a, you know, don't pay, don't repave my road. You part know, of your, I'll take a couple potholes for an extra couple years. Part of your problem, already. though, is no. that that runoff is polluted. <laughs> I live in Morro Bay. We've got potholes. Okay. Right, right. Oh, did you guys even want to talk about that? About potholes or no rain runoff? A new road tax. Oh, is there? Supposedly. I don't know about that. Is I'm that, frustrated about it. Is that a state thing? I or? get so frustrated with taxes. Um, <laughs> do, okay, I read an article this week that Colorado is struggling right now. They need to put – state legislator needs to get together and figure out what to do with all of their extra tax money. Mm. Evidently, there's a rule in Colorado that if the tax is at like a, a surplus, you have to stop the tax, reduce the tax, and give the money back to the people. Oh, hmm. okay. Why not um, just give it back to the people? Well, because this time it's from marijuana. Oh. <laughs> the medical marijuana tax has generated such this surplus that after, like, everything was said and done, they have some extra 50-something uh, million dollars or, yeah, I think million. I want to say billion, but it might just be million. Anyway, it's a ton of money. And so there's a debate underway now of what to do with that money. Should they change the law because it's produced by medical marijuana? Or no, not even medical. It's recreational there now, right? Yeah. Um, should they change the law to allow the government to keep that extra money and put it into roads or health care or jails or training police officers to better under, uh, identify uh, drivers that are driving high? Or should they follow their existing rules and give the money back? And a whole we could have a whole discussion about that what generated that revenue and what the appropriate thing to do is that I don't want to talk all about that, but my sentiment was the government has been so inefficient at taking care of things with the existing taxes that I was thinking, I'll oh, just give them a couple years. They'll figure out how to blow that surplus. And then, you know, like here we're about to have, there's proposals now for extra road taxes because so many of the roads in California are getting to the point where they're just worn out and beat up. You know what I bet they're going to do? 
Huh. They're going to spend $50 million doing surveys and all that <laughs> stuff, trying to figure out whether or not they should give the money back yeah, to the people. Very right about yeah. that. That's not going to solve next year's problem, though. I, I don't doubt they could spend $50 million yeah, figuring exactly. out, like, we, well, we need a committee, an appropriations committee, <laughs> like, and we're going to need a research chair, and that person's not going to work for free. <laughs> My cousin's ready. <laughs> My cousin needs a job. He's been on unemployment. Uh, Anyway, the frustrating thing is that even if there are greater tax revenue, we still need to learn how to be smarter and more efficient with the taxes that already are paid. Um, I read again this week about a couple of the huge corporations that made like billions with a B in profit and paid no federal income tax yet got um, credits in the amount of hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm sitting here just going, how'd they do that? Really? <laughs> what do we, we shouldn't have named our company Central Coast Lending Incorporated. It should have been like GE Incorporated or something. <laughs> Evidently, our name's too long. We have to pay taxes still. <laughs> Frustration. Mm -hmm. But yeah, anyway, there, there is. There's some talk now starting over the roadways. And this we might end up with higher taxes now. And when you stop and look at it, it's we already have really high DMV fees. Um, especially if you're driving a heavier truck for work, you have double your DMV fee. But we also pay more money, I think, than any state in the nation for the gas taxes, mm -hmm. which was justified originally for the roads. Right. And it's just, it's kind of crazy to me. I get, I get fired up about the tax thing. Dan well, does too. He just tries to have a stone face when I start talking about taxes. <laughs> That's kind of a downside effect to the gas prices going down because there's less gas taxes. Sure. So now you need to add a supplemental tax, mm -hmm. fix all these roads. Yeah. I just think there's plenty of money in the system. It's just, I'm sure. It's not like being you used. said, it's inefficient. The yeah. whole system's Use inefficient. Use it smarter and more efficiently. Exactly. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. How do, do we do really that, need though? to do all these studies and surveys? Well, and... there's all that. Yeah, the process. Yeah. And then there's the whole issue of prevailing wage, which yeah. seems like the opposite of of efficiency, <laughs> right? You guys have... I mean, don't you shop to like get a good deal? <laughs> uh, yeah, one would think. But that not if I'm using your money, though. If you are sending me to the store to fulfill your grocery wants, you deserve the premiums. I'm not getting you generics. I don't care. If you've not incented me at all to save money by buying you a sale item, are you going to pay me more if I get you a sale item? Then I'm going to care enough to get you a sale item. Otherwise, I'm getting you the first coffee I come to. I'm getting you the, the gold wrap Snickers because you deserve it. I mean, I think that's one of the problems. I mean, that's why you're controller for our company, right? Yeah, Nobody right. cares about our money like we do. Right. The minute you turn that over to somebody else, like the previous company we worked for, I still have about 780,000 boxes of paper clips. Or not boxes, but units of paper clips. Paper clips. Mm -hmm. um, that's because somebody turned around and was like, I need paper clips. And they opened their drawer. Like, There's no paper clips. So they ordered a box of uh, 20 boxes of paper clips. And then they put them somewhere. And then somebody at the next desk was like, man, where are all the paper clips? And then they bought a box of paper clips. And, no, and that was because, honestly, at that company, there was no checks and balance. Somebody needed paper clips. They just shot an email over to the ordering department to log on to Staples and give me some paper clips. So literally, we had, when this company, surprise, surprise, went back, 
bankrupt. We had uh, we were given a lot of their supplies. Mm. We still have trouble storing the amount of paper clips and it's we've been in business file cabinets. We've been in business over seven years. We've yet to need to buy paper clips. And we uh, use a lot of paper clips. Lot of paper but clips. I could I can tell you though, I've seen members of our staff go, um, when you call, do you guys need anything in your office? And people are like, paper clips. And I'm like, You're kidding me, right? No. <laughs> I'll back my truck up and bring you some paper clips real quick. Yeah. People well, are wasteful because they spend other people's money with less regard than spending their own money. Yeah, and to your point on the streets, Dan, I mean, you know, cutting the cost and everything, but do we really want the Earl Shives of pavers going out there and fixing the roads, or do we actually want to dig down and fix the problem and then not have to go get the car, the, you know, the car repainted, so to speak, in another year again? I hear you. Yeah. So. I was talking about this with my son just this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, we have chickens at my house and um, we're on our another round of chickens because the first round of chickens were brutally killed by predators. So I I made a little structure over the run and made it. I mean, it's predator proof for sure. And my neighbors threw up a piece of uh, and I'm talking I built this on those six inch round um, like log things from. Uh, the lumber store and it has like a real roof and like horse wire fencing around the coop area. The neighbors built one this week um, with PVC pipe. And um, it, I mean, it's flapping in the wind right now and some bird netting that also was pretty loose and temporary. And I was explaining to my son, yeah, you could slap that up in a day and it's a lot cheaper, but then you have to do the job again. You know, what we did is going to last 20 years and something like that lasts a year. But there again, Jim, do people care with the government taxpayer dollar? Do you just want a road that's smooth for six months and looks good to make everybody feel like you're doing something in the community? Or do you want to tear it out, put down an appropriate amount of road base and use a high amount of asphalt tar and, you know, or even concrete, which is harder and wears easier and something that's longer lasting. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I think people take the, the cheap immediate gratification route. And that's why we have a lot of the problems we have. Mm -hmm. Well, personally, I'd rather, fix the problem and then have to pay a little bit more, but that's yeah. my take on it. Those stre- those stretches of concrete freeway though, they're annoying, aren't they? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. You zip it along on the asphalt and all of a sudden you hit the concrete and it gets loud and it's rough. Yeah, that stuff it doesn't, it doesn't really wear out the way that asphalt does. Yeah, it can be. Remember yeah. when the bridge to, um, over that little river basin right before Santa Maria, the 22 clunk clunks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 that when the, they're all know, built in sections <laughs> yeah with like a little expansion chamber yeah. or whatever it is but that that concrete though that's where one place you'd notice it for sure mm-hmm. you're just cruising along and all of a sudden it's like you get all a lot of background noise and clunking as you're going over the concrete but uh then you hit the asphalt again you're like, it's like putting it back on mute <laughs> people don't like that <laughs> so we use asphalt and then we replace it <laughs> With big bond measures and extra tax assessments. Um, Hey, there's a lot to talk about today. It's just us in here for two hours, and we've got a jobs report that came out this week. We've got a little bit to talk about the GDP. There's some 
different uh, interesting economic talk that we're going to get into for the next bit here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do a commercial break, take time out for the sponsors. It's going to be just a couple minutes, and we'll be back. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right, now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. state of generosity look what my agent got for me just by switching to state farm a few hundred unexpected bucks i couldn't ask for more but now i've got to figure out what i should use it for a new bike would be radical but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm get to a better state state farm switch to state farm and you could save to find out more in san luis obispo call agent susan rodriguez for those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. The heart is a blue. All right, welcome back. Jim, are the royalties higher on the rainy songs? I guess so. <laughs> I don't care. How does that work? It's not seriously? my money. I always I wonder this. It. How does it work? Do you, when you push play right there, does the station have to spend like a penny? The station does have to pay royalties on this, but KVC being the news talk station, they pay a little bit less. Oh. But that's why we can't play complete songs, because we do pay a little bit less than the FM. So you only get to take like the first 25 seconds of it or exactly. something? Exactly. 30, 30, 30, 45 seconds, something like that. Huh. So do you keep track of all the the songs that are played and like the individual bands get them? Or do you just pay a rate you pay for a lump sum. Okay. Yeah. But that's why when we thought about doing the Christmas music on Christmas, we couldn't do that. Right, because we'd we be could only like, do thirty you know, second snippets get of Christmas. To, like, uh, um, yeah, <clears throat> I'm dreaming of a, and then we'd have to done, because you know you get beyond a certain point, you have to pay the full, 
You could just play everything really exactly. fast, so exactly. they all sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> you know. Christmas. Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering who audits it too. I don't know, but somehow they figure it Somebody out. Somebody out there is listening. Yeah. They just send in their sheet that says KVC played the whole version of John Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not three cents. That's a buck fifty. Yeah, whatever it might be, <laughs> but yeah, it's substantially more. That's why. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I was watching that show, um, Shark Tank. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Great show. And I love that my kids are so pumped up about watching it with me, mm-hmm. which they don't usually, the the kind of television I watch isn't entertaining, I guess, to other people. <laughs> A little too much CNBC. <laughs> I watch some of that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's mostly no, in the office. That's okay. mostly in the office. No, but I, I like to watch um, the shows about people that are like, they're doing something. Instead of acting, they're like fixing something or mining gold. Oh, yeah. um, I like that. Or, yeah, some mm-hmm. business idea. The Smithsonian Channel is oh, epic. Uh, Discovery. Mm-hmm. All the, Those are all my favorites. And and so usually... History Channel. Yeah. I'm on that great. all the time. Um, yeah, How It's Made. Great mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, they'll, they'll watch Shark Tank. They're excited about Shark Tank now. And uh, But last night they were talking a lot about... It was sort of a catch-up over the last few years. It was on the DVR. I don't know. Okay. But it was like a catch-up of the various investors and their personalities and the great pitches and some of the huge successes. And um, you guys saw the one about the dude with that makes the tree teepee. Did you see this guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was very cool. Um, when they when they water like uh, trees or bushes or wine grapes or whatever at the the different places that so much of the water is like blown off in the wind or runs down the hill because it's on those little slope things or whatever. Um, it's a lot of waste. This dude and his dad taught, a, you know, they made this little thing they called a tree teepee and it snaps around the base of the tree. And then you put your little irrigation head up under that and it concentrates the water right to the base of the little tree. And so it keeps, not only does it keep the water from blowing away or running away, but also keeps it more moist like ground cover. Um, they say that it reduces the water cost in like a farming um, operation by 3000%. Wow. Pretty crazy. Um, anyways, the farmer dude that's like built the tea tree pee, the tree teepee, um, super humble, awesome guy. They were like, he sells them for five bucks. He's already sold like, you know, 50,000 of them or something. And they said, well, you could, I mean, this is amazing. You could sell this for like 15 bucks. And he's like, no, nah, man, I sell these to farmers. You know, you don't want to overcharge the farmers just because you could. And there was all this dissension between the investors and everything. Um, anyway, it's a, that show is really just a great show. I'm into it. Uh, the business piece of it. And, um, but I don't know, in the way, the greed part of it seems to be a little bit overwhelming at times. So, uh, yeah, Dan, what did you want to talk about today? I see that you brought yourself some newspaper things again. I did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have county? Yeah, that's, I guess. Man, you're the yin to my yang. I love that about you. Got to bring it back home. I brought in uh, my notes as usual, too. was prepared to talk about some things this week. First off, I just want to start by saying that... Uh, 
low interest rates have created massive refinance opportunities. And um, as we're about to embark into this discussion about what's going on in the economy and the jobs market and um, everything that, first of all, we track this stuff because it's important to our business. And um, also it, it tells us what's going to happen, what's likely to happen with the trends in interest rates. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by saying that I think interest rates are low. I, I do believe there's some short-term downward pressure on interest rates. I think in the in the next three to six months, we might actually see rates get a touch lower. But um, I think at the end of the year, we're likely to see interest rates really start going up. And um, so I, I, it could be it could be a fleeting opportunity for many people. And it's not just low rates. There's also been changes in and program eligibility yeah. as well as mortgage insurance changes with FHA. So it's the the opportunities are, have come up because rates have fallen a little bit. Kind of surprisingly, um I think I still still am surprised. I think the oil thing was kind of unexpected and seems to be driving this. A little bit of a wild card with the oil thing, but and I was also reading though in terms of what the the treasury yield is for like the 10-year treasury that's like I don't know, 1.8. What did it get higher than that yeah, this week? It, it closed Friday, like in the one nines, one nine five. All right, that's crazy four. low. And usually, historically, the 30 year fix is about a percent and a half higher than that yield. So that would lead us to believe that interest rates for a 30 year fix should be around about three and a half. They're a little bit higher than that, to be honest. So, you know, for for most people, you're looking at 3.75, 3.875 if you're doing good homework about what your fees translate into with your interest rate choice. 3.75 is like a, you know, a no points type of rate. So that's kind of the sweet spot for folks and um but you know, anyway, the the thing about these low rates is, yeah, it does. It creates an awful lot of opportunity and everything. It creates a refinance opportunity that allows um, people to to come in and refinance and get lower rates. And because of that, the mortgage backed securities are at this little kind of bizarrely high spread right now. It's like the worst start in a year. I forget what they said it was, but it was the worst start in a year in like five years where investors that own those portfolios are actually um, afraid that what they have is like going to run off because everybody's going to come running and get brand new lower interest rates and thereby they're not overbuying the new stuff because they don't want to undermine themselves. I know that sounds kind of complex. Is that complex? It's like it's like saying that I own all of these, you know, mortgages that are all to me they're all worth a, a buck a piece. But I could buy new ones today at 80 cents a piece. But if I do that, all the ones I own for a buck are likely to run away. So if you don't buy a lot of the ones at 80 cents, you sort of preserve your right. And it makes the rates edge towards the dollar part so that less of a frenzy will occur and you'll be damaged less. The good news is there's a fair amount of competition. So we are still seeing interest rates lower. But my point is, that's why I think there's a little bit of downward pressure. That spread that's in between them is bigger than it usually is. And um, that competition is what's making interest rates lower today than um, where they would like to be held if you're the guy that is sitting on those big mortgage-backed securities, which is largely the government right now, by the way. They've got a ton. So as 
enough people sort of churn through the system and begin getting their refis and the volume drags a little bit, I think we'll see interest rates come down a little bit more to supplement that volume as more and more people come through and take advantage of it. And I think that window, you know, for the for the snake to swallow the bowling ball here is probably three to six months. But that sort of coincides with the feds keep saying they're probably going to start talking about pushing interest rates up in June. Um, there's already a uh, like the Vegas line here is between June and September. Um, a lot of analysts are saying that it's probably going to end up September later in the year. Um, but this jobs report that came out this last week for the month of January uh, has some splash in that. Yeah, it really fueled speculation that it might be sooner than later. Um, because it was so strong. And not only was the most recent jobs report so strong, revisions to past months of job gains was was unexpectedly strong as well. And they bumped up November and December by 147,000 jobs, um, which meant that 2014 turned out to be the best job creation year since 1999. Um, there's some young people around right now going, wow, 1999, that was like in the 1900s. Yeah. Um, we kind of lose context of that a little bit. That's already quite a while ago. That means that last year was the best job year in 16 years. That's almost people being born and graduating high school. That's a big change in what the job market looks like. Um, and all told, in 2014, um, we added... What what was the the grand total? More than two million. Is that the number? Something like that. I yeah, it's, I want to say it was pushing three million jobs. Yeah, two point seven million jobs, and um, you know, so that's that's pretty great. That was a great year, and there's no debating that. And when you see the job market picking up that way, that's sort of one of those precursors to inflation, and where the Fed needs to begin using monetary policy a little bit to control what's going on. Um, so now here we had January. Um, in January, we were expecting. 212,000 jobs, I think, was the number we added. Um, 257,000 jobs. I, I think what's really exciting about that, remember when, I mean, it must have been a year or so ago when when job gains monthly were less than 100,000, and then oh, yeah. they were creeping up, creeping up. We'd have these couple of months where we were in the, the 150 range, then we started to get into the 200s more frequently, and that was amazing. For the last three months, November, December, January, we've averaged 336,000 jobs gained per month. It's the best three-month span in almost 20 years. It's pretty huge. And, you know, the the tricky thing, and you, I, you hit the nail on the head, is that... Um, Gas was kind of the wild card played in here right now, um, and and not just in terms of what it does to our confidence and sentiment here in the U.S., but there are large um, economies, whole countries that depend on the value of that um, oil. And when it falls like that, I mean, it's it's really been, in many cases, a, a backhand to the global economy, having oil prices fall the way that they have. So... If that didn't play out that way, I do think we'd already be in a very different part of this cycle. Uh, but the truth is, is that we're still hearing right now about 
countries overseas um, getting in and doing some bailout measures, buying um, mortgage-backed securities and treasury-based bond programs and stuff like that that are going on around the world. Um, we're hearing of interest rates getting cut to zero. And then these kind of things are, are, are sort of become the the fly in the ointment of the the jobs have just kind of been going nuts. The other thing about this jobs report too was that December there was a, a little bit of a dip in the average hourly earnings and um, that was a bummer. That was a real bummer coming off of the, the the final month of the year where you had the like the the best job creation in 16 years. Um, December being one of those three months that has the the best three month average in a 20 year period. And one of those months has a surprising reduction in the hourly earnings category. It's pretty contradictory. So in this report, we learned that in January, we actually saw the hourly uh, earnings, the average hourly earnings bump up by a half a percent, which is really good news. Yeah. And it's such a focus that the Fed is is looking at that metric more so than I think the job creation and the unemployment rate. I think everyone agrees that the unemployment figures and the job creation and the the weekly jobless claims, all those numbers are 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 healthy. They're they're healthy numbers. You know, only only seeing two hundred and sixty or eighty jobless claims a week, adding over three hundred thousand jobs a month rate down around five and a half percent. Those are all good figures. Um, you know, they, they indicate a healthy jobs market, but it's the it's the earnings issue. Earnings have been stagnant, not just for the last few years during this recession, but really for the last decade or more. And it's it's there's been a lot of talk about the jobs that have been created. So many of them have been in retail and hospitality and not so much in the the higher paying jobs. And you know, is retail and hospitality, is that the future of the economy? Is that... I read some interesting stuff this week, and I ended up not clipping any of the articles to talk about today because I, the stats component of it were less than impressive. But there's been an increase in <clears throat> those hospitality, like restaurant, hotel, whatever, you know, hospitality type of job um, amongst the millennials. Yeah. A lot more of those kind of jobs going on lately. And... You know, the, one of the fascinating things, too, about this is that um, this jobs report also revealed a higher unemployment rate. And when you when you sit down and talk to folks, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that, that understand what goes into that. Um, but how can you have the best jobs in a, that, you know, a year's worth of job creation that was the best in 16 years and the previous three months the best in 20 years and unemployment, initial unemployment claims, the lowest in six years and all these things and still find the unemployment rate going up. Um, for some, that's a real head scratcher. Uh, and so putting this into context a little bit, the unemployment rate, um, let, let's call a spade a spade, first of all. In, in uh, 2009, um, the fall of 2009, the unemployment rate was 10%. Can you wrap your head around that? That's a very high number. Obviously, that's that's crisis mode right there, right? I mean, that's way too many people. Um, today, the unemployment rate's at 5.7%. So we've come a long way. Try to put that into context about what happened there. Um, with that significant reduction in the unemployment rate, 
the number of people employed today is just barely over 2 million jobs higher than it was before this recession began in 2008. Think about that for a second. 2 million more working people today than there were in 2008. And I mean, set it yourself. We added 2 million jobs last year, right? More, 2.7 million, almost 3 million. So there was a big lull. We shed a lot of jobs. I mean, I, I don't have the metrics in front of me, but I seem to remember it was like 8 million jobs yeah, or something, eight or, nine eight or 9 million that were lost. And so we've added them back slowly. But here's a bigger piece than just that loss and regain. The labor force participation rate has plummeted to 64%. And so when you go back and kind of dissect, why did this unemployment rate for the month of January actually go up? The reason- more people got off the couch and started looking for jobs because they heard that hey, people are hiring. Yeah, <laughs> the jobs market, you know, if it's like the beach, the sun came out, so they grab their towel and their ball and head on down to the beach. So there's more people coming out for jobs, which then in turn increases the unemployment rate. So we saw that happen in the month of January. Um, that's not that big of a deal. I think the drive-by media can kind of tee off on the fact that the unemployment rate went up. Um, we... And the listeners of our show, we know better than that. That's not that's not the focal point of what there is to talk about here. The fact is, is that we've got bumper crop years here of job creation. And now, yeah, there's more people showing up. So that's playing with this other metric. And the other component to that, it's not just more people that are coming out to look. Um, our legislators um, that figure out how to count this unemployment rate have tricked us a little bit too. Um, it's never good for public sentiment when we just believe there's crisis at all corners. So um, in order to make that unemployment number look a little bit better too, they started counting people as retired. That if you were on, um, what was the, what's the metric? I think it, I think it ended up to be um, 99 weeks once you were on unemployment for 99 weeks, which, yeah, that's that's quite a while. It's a couple years. of years, you couldn't get the job that you needed to get to out-earn what you're getting on your unemployment or whatever. Um, but once you hit that point and you cross over that two-year mark, you become retired. So you're no longer counted as one of the people seeking employment, and that artificially lowers the unemployment rate. So then once those guys show back up later because they've took a temporary job or they're now back in the market altogether just looking for a new job, they fall out of the retirement metric and become part of the metric of job seekers, which you know then counts into the the unemployment rate going up. So at least part of it, I think, is just a little bit of the government sort of playing tricks on us in terms of what these numbers really are and who's being counted in it. Um, is that all exciting? Is that I'm, so fun? I'm excited. I was excited about this. I was pretty pumped up about it. It's good times. Um, and, I'm, and I'm most excited to see what happens this year. Uh, 2015, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and predict here. I think it's going to be a great year. We're gonna... Well, seeing hourly earnings up a half a percent to start the year, that's a good start. Yeah. Cause that's, that's where, that's where we're looking for growth this year is the wage, the wage side of things. I think jobs are on a healthy pace. It's, it's improving the pay. 
Yeah, but what's happening with GDP, man? Gonna have to take a break and find out after it's a cliffhanger. You're gonna have to stick around <laughs> to learn why GDP was a little bit lower and the problems with this new stronger dollar. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All righty, guys. Welcome back. You know, Dan and I are so nerdy. We just talked all the way through the commercial break about employment <laughs> numbers and, and labor participation <laughs> and the aging demographic of uh, the workforce. Um, but that's part of, you know, we make a big deal about the labor participation. And I think it's it's important to understand why the unemployment rate can go up when, you know, all the numbers seem to suggest it going the other way. But it's also, you know... We talk about it being at, at this extremely low level of 64%. A lot of that's because we're a healthier population of people and we live longer as, as a population. So, you know, labor participation as defined by the Bureau of Labor Statistics is 
people who are 16 years and older because yep. th those are people who work. So the ratio of people who are working versus the total population that's 16 years and older is a lot different than it used to be in past generations when we just didn't live as long. You know, we're a healthier aging, aging population. So there's a lot of people who are retired and living longer and being retired longer than ever before in history. Yeah. So that's keeping that, that labor participation down. Seems like it would all be relative, though. If you're living not only longer, but you're staying healthy longer. That you'd be working longer, you'd too? You'd be able to work healthy longer. Yeah, but you know what? I saw a really funny political cartoon this week, and it was about Google creating, you know, the driverless car. And oh. they're working on creating the driverless, or, you know, the, the workerless economy. And so, <laughs> well, I mean, are we going that? So, I mean, there's some truth to that, though, too. There's so much automation in industry that at some point, are we ever, are there going to be any jobs other than retail and hospitality? I mean, you still need people to like, I don't know, maybe you don't even need people to greet people when they, when they come to the hotel. There was a fantastic <laughs> article I read this week about loan officers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was basically what it said was that um, while we're not financial planners, we're not certified financial planners, a good loan officer earns their keep, not by being great at having a, you know, just simply an interest rate and a loan application, but adding that value to people of helping them understand what their goals are and identify. Because a lot of people don't even realize when they come in and sit down, they think they're just here for a loan. That And sadly, um, I'd say that's still the majority of mortgage transactions that happen in this country today is people just, it's like getting a car loan, you know, you step on into the dealership, pick out your car, and then they'll tell you what your opportunities are to finance it. Um, yeah, hey, interest rate 5%. Sign here. Uh, in a, and, and then you might, would you go to another dealership and say, hey, what you have the same car. I, I mean, what I'm after is a white Toyota Camry. You have one there. What's your interest rate? Four and a half. Okay. Um, that saves you like $4.50 a month on a car like that. It's not that big of a deal. But on the house, you know, we sit down with people and find out what's your goals, what are your objectives, what are your limitations, what are your upcoming budgetary constraints, you know, like, for example, you have somebody who's got kids in middle school, and they're in a pretty good spot financially, they come on in asking for a 15 year loan, I'm going to explain to them that, hey, you know, in four years time, you're gonna have nine years left on this loan with a pretty fat payment, and you are gonna have this like cash flow change your kids are gonna be out of the house whether they're just needing help with a rental deposit or you're gonna agree to pay their car insurance or you know if you could pay their tuition or give them book money or whatever the finances change and um, that's just one example of the kind of things to think about and anticipate, but also to get that good conversation about what your interest rate is and what your closing costs are and why you would be choosing that combination of interest rate and closing costs. A lot of people don't realize that interest rate and closing costs have a very direct relationship. Low interest rate, high closing costs. High interest rate, low closing costs. 
middle interest rate, middle closing costs. That matters so much when you're talking about the difference in, you know, what happens to somebody's finances and whether or not they're using their money appropriately. And that's something a computer can't do for these people. That's a that's a human touch element of it. Um, and it just reminded me again that I, I'm not worried about that. Um, in fact, a lot of the real estate agents here in town won't even work with a buyer if they're pre-qualified with Quicken and using Quicken to do their loan because they're so used to seeing those train wrecks. They want you to work with somebody um, that isn't simply online, but has a local presence. And so, um, yeah, that's a big part of it. So we're not going to become part of those statistics, Dan. <laughs> Don't you worry. I hope not. So just kind of taking a, a zoom in here to our county, San Luis Obispo's jobless rate for all of 2014 averaged 5.6%. It's a pretty good number. Um, for December, the most recent reading for our county, it dropped to 5%. From Why? Just, people are getting, getting jobs around here. A lot of hospitality. A lot of hospitality hires. That was actually the leading uh, area of growth for job gain. Which is going to be like wineries, restaurants, hotels, bed exactly. and breakfast. I mean, we already know that. We we really thrive on being an ecotourism destination. You know, we're we're a place that everyone wants to to be, but not everyone can figure out a way to live here. So we, I mean, we already knew that about this area, but that was the leader. You know, eight hundred jobs were added in December in leisure and hospitality. That was the leading area of growth. Um, but it drove, I mean, our, our unemployment rate for the county went from five and a half percent in November to 5%. That's a pretty significant drop. Um, just to put it into context, when the recession hit in 2007, the jobless rate was around 4.3%. So that was when we were really cruising as an economy. Um, so we're not quite down to those levels, but we're pretty darn close. The high was experienced in 2010 when the jobless rate was around 10%. Yeah, I remember uh, Santa Barbara County's numbers were quite a bit higher than that. Your your that article though is just this focuses about slow on slow county. county. Yeah, yeah, this is on slow county. So it's a lot better than it was. Oh yeah, it's really really come down. I mean, it's it's now half of of the high. So that that's an impressive. It'd number. be interesting to see too what's been going on with the median wage. I feel like um, since the recession happened, we've had. Uh, some great growth in like uh, mind, body, and did you see that? Um, are you familiar with Hathaway Company in Slow? I'm not. It's a dude named Jesse Dundon. I, I he's a friend of um, a a realtor and and friend of mine, but um, he owns Hathaway and Slow. Just made the I don't Forbes had some list of like the top 500 up and coming companies or something, and he got some national recognition for his company. Anyway, point being, haven't there been some awesome county-wide improvements here, like Amazon being in town? And I'm blanking on the name of that other one. What's that other big company that's over there? Um, Rosetta. Rosetta's big, yeah. MindBody, Hathaway. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty legit companies that are adding some good jobs not just hospitality jobs but some good jobs i'll bet you there's been an increase a better than um the national average i bet there's been a better increase here in slow county for um job or yeah I wish. average hourly earnings we should get somebody on the show here from um the economic uh evc yeah maybe that that'd be a good good thing to discuss
Agreed. Is that that? Is that your whole article? Yeah. I mean, it goes into talking about the the different cities within the county. Atascadero posted the lowest jobless rate at 4.1%. Um, San, huh. San Luis City was at 5.5% in December. Paso Robles, 6%. That's interesting to me. What the difference like between slow and Atascadero or slow and Paso? I mean, that's a big gap. The difference between a Tascadero and Paso, almost two percent. Why? I don't know. It seems to me that Paso Robles holds more economic opportunity than a Tascadero does, but maybe that's maybe that's part of it. Then that's why people are there looking for jobs, and they're being counted as unemployed because they're there for the opportunity, and it's more competitive. I don't know. I mean, Atascadero is one of the more affordable areas in the county to live, so you probably have more of your workforce living there. Sure. Knowing that wages aren't huge in our area. Yeah. So it just it's an affordable place for the workforce to live. I personally think Atascadero is like one of the gems of the county. And it's not just because I live there, but you know, it doesn't hurt that I live there. Um, you know. <laughs> I don't mean it like that, but what I mean is I've I've realized more about why Atascadero is a special place, and um, it is it's the it's that I think it's that good working class people, man, and there are a lot of families there with school age kids that are um, you know, and that's the the piece that we're in. Um, but altogether, though, there's a lot of great little businesses there that I was never aware of before. Um, there's a seems like an awful lot of opportunity there. Yeah. So I, I think it's funny that, you know, to like pick out one city over another. And then I think about Fresno. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a task. Of, I mean, rolling beautiful hills and wine country, ocean, ocean views on the coast. You know, the the, the whole county is amazing. It is indeed. Yeah. Do so I see a sign coming up in the near future saying a task girl, home of Jason Grody? That would be cool. That, that you, are you, you gonna, think they could market that? Are you going to buy that sign? Because nobody else is going to pay for it. <laughs> no. Well, I, it's so it's it's got a great um, geographic spot too just because it is central to everything yeah you can go down the hill to san luis obispo you can go um and west i just over to the ocean and i just keep waiting for um slow to monkey up their airport good enough that they finally just close it down and throw like a, a good regional airport up in the north county we've got the room for it there's no reason not to come on We'll take it. You guys want to sit around here and scrap it out about whether or not it belongs and it's too noisy or the houses shouldn't be that close. I'm pretty sure there's some spot that we'll take it up there. That's good for business, man. That's good for your economy. Getting uh, to the top of the hour break here. We do have a whole nother hour to go. There's a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about some loan program stuff too. Um, some real estate numbers. Dan's still got some more content over on his side. We also want to invite you guys, if you're interested in calling in, you can. 543-8830. That's the number to the studio. We'll take your questions and answer them. Otherwise, if you want to call our company and talk to one of the loan officers there about a scenario um, or just some way of looking at your finances that might make a difference in your life, give us a call. 543-5626. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters.
All right, everybody, welcome back. Now, Jim, now I understand why you get stressed out if we keep listening. There's like a timer running, and you've got to like squash this thing before the bill comes. Exactly. You don't want to get at your Jim's going to go to his next review, and they're going to be like, Jim, you ran the music bed for more than 30 seconds on a few dozen songs this year. We have to cut your pay. <laughs> what was your problem? And then you'll just be like, Who's the Mortgage Matter guys? They, they keep start, listening to the music they start, and they're not talking. They start exactly. bobbing their head. <laughs> I turn their mics out, start waving, and they just start listening. Well, see, I like the fortunes. I mean, let's go ahead and kill it here. <laughs> Did you go down and see uh, Roberta Flack at the um, at Shoemash? Missed that one. I mean, I, I kind of wanted to, honestly. Did you hear about that? I did. You know who no. she is? She's like Aretha Franklin, man. Cool. At least that's what this documentary I watched the other day said. <laughs> <laughs> that Roberta Flack was the same as Aretha Franklin. I'm like, oh, yeah? Then how come everybody knows who Aretha Franklin is? Oh, boy. Um, hey, guys, we have a whole nother hour here. And if you guys want to ask questions, I thought it'd be really fun to um, do like a phone calls part here. Call in and ask us what you uh, want to know about things relating to home loans and real estates opportunities maybe you have mortgage insurance and want to um your question could just uh represent the masses and help a lot of people so if you want to ask your question give us a call 543-8830 is the number in the studio and if you're just stage fright and can't find your way onto uh the air here with us you can call and jim will just screen your call and get your question to type onto the teleprompters here you don't have to uh go live i remember oh. teachers in school used to say the only the only dumb question is the one you don't ask <laughs> i don't i don't believe that there's some pretty dumb questions running around yeah there's some pretty dumb ones yeah oh, wow another one coming through okay I'll... all right well let's hop over to the phone lines we've got travis calling from san luis obispo good morning travis. hey good morning how you doing good morning hey good, good hey I, I know that you guys are talking about the uh you know, the numbers for unemployment and the aging workforce. But you also have to consider that there's been a lot of um, illegal slash now legal immigration dreamers and such. I think 5 million have been given work permits now. So yeah, that that's also increased the labor pool. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is uh, about the airport. Sure. You know, the nice thing about the San Luis Airport, I don't know if you noticed, that a lot of those companies that are up and coming are located near the airport <laughs> so that they, can, that they can easily get to bigger cities. You're right about that. private aircraft. We Not were talking about that last week, actually. That area around the airport has really boomed in the last few years with businesses well, popping up Well, as it should. Everywhere. Look back to how the United States even developed along the waterways and then the train hubs. The transportation and, hubs. Yeah, it's yeah. always around transportation. That's why I said that kind of tongue-in-cheek, because at, at, some, at some point it sort of becomes biting the uh, hand that feeds you. Um, oh. a, a lot of this commerce and things like the airport are just simply necessary, and uh, people shouldn't forget that. Well, down in Santa Monica, they've had that airport since before World War II. You know, they actually made, like, Douglas airplanes and everything there. But now the city council wants to develop it. And so I actually fly clients down there often, and they do business in Santa Monica. But they want to get rid of it and put, like, office parks in there. And if they do that, I think, I forgot what the number was, but it's billions of dollars the city uh, gets out of the airport. Yeah. But they still want to try and develop it. 
Oh, man, it'll take some hard lessons, hopefully uh, experienced by someone else, and then we can learn them to realize that that's not necessarily the best way to go. Yeah, politicians don't learn, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, Travis, thanks for your phone call. Appreciate it. We have another phone call. Uh, we have Bill calling from Morro Bay. Good morning, Bill. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be on the phone. My wife and I were talking the other day about coastal property, uh, bayfront property, oceanfront property in northern California, central California, and southern California. Do you guys have any statistics in regards to the uh, average price of a house, say, in Morro Bay or Cayucas versus an average price of a house in, uh, say, someplace in Orange County or San Diego County and or the average price of a house up in the area of Mendocino? I think that um, here's my two cents on it. To, to be honest with you, I don't have the hard stats on it, but I'll tell you this. I think the value of real estate has a direct relationship to the warmth of the ocean water. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're tr- that's true. Yeah, down there where those, you know, because I have a friend that bought a house recently in Manhattan Beach, and I'm talking this place is like overlooks the ocean. It's not right on the water because of the way it's laid out, but it is very close. And it's a house that if it were here in Morro Bay with the same proximity, I would say it would probably be worth about seven or eight hundred thousand dollars. But where it is down there, uh, it's like three million dollars. And it's crazy. Yeah, so it's about, about four to one. Yeah, and I think that going farther up the coast, I mean, I and like I said, I'm not very familiar with Mendocino because I'm kind of like a, a South South California guy, but um yeah, I just the beach becomes a little bit less usable and friendly. The water is colder and the beaches are rockier and it's a little bit more, you know, windy and, and inclement for beach going. Well, it's related to population density, too. I mean, you, you think about Southern California and the masses down there. But that's chicken or the egg, though, right? Aren't those people populating sure, those sure. areas a little bit more because it's... You know, sure. get off work and go for a run on the 80-degree beach. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that the... But at the same token, you know, you you look at um, the Bay Area, lots of people, not necessarily warmer water or friendlier sure. beaches, but things are very expensive there because of that population density. But you go further north, and I'm from Northern California, so, um, you know, I spent time up in the Bodega Bay um area and, and Fort Bragg areas like that and less populated though you know I I didn't I haven't spent a lot of time researching real estate up there but I, I anecdotally remember things being significantly cheaper um, and I thought just amazing amazing you know picturesque coastlines and and big properties and for what you got it seemed so affordable compared to even here um, it's something that I'm interested now in, in looking more into. Um, we are working on an article that will probably be on our website next week that's really focused in on um, real estate trends in our county for the fourth quarter. So we'll have some of those home price and home st- sales statistics that are broken down by city, um, and that should be available on our website. But because you've asked and because I'm now really interested, Bill, we're going to um, work on on researching something that's more broad-based over California, uh, coastal well, properties all over the state. If you could, uh, next week on your show, I don't miss your show. I like it. 
Um, but I actually tell you the truth. I like when you talk more about real estate and less about other things. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you could delve into that once you do your research, it'd be great. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That sounds fun. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for the suggestion. You're welcome. Bye. Uh, you know, the thing about real estate land in general is they're not making any more of it. Uh, oceanfront property, that's really true. And there's so many times that I look at what's around here. Shell Beach is getting pretty expensive, isn't it? Um, yeah. In fact, when as I was, we had a draft of, of the article that's going to be up um, next week. And the areas that continue to be the highest price per square foot are... Santa Inez is pretty expensive. Oh, so yeah. A little further south, but it's Cayucas and Piz, the Pismo area. Those well, look two at, areas are, are and really... But speaking of price per square foot, though, and also going back to what it is to be coastal like that, we're running out of those opportunities, right? And so, you know, like the Coisters was a new development that's right there on the ocean. But when you run out of the, the, the lot availability there to be so close to the ocean... Um, it's only going to drive up the demand, right, the, as the supply fails. I mean, that's the reality of it. It seems to me that um, there's some fantastic opportunities to own coastal real estate in Central California. And I don't doubt that if you do that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, it's it'll prove to be a huge decision. Um, more and more people are learning, by the way. Like you said, San Inez, Dan. San Inez is almost becoming one of the, like, the fun backyards to Hollywood. I mean, there's some celebrities around there, some high-end estates, some equestrian centers that are unbelievable. The wine country is developing very nicely. Uh, I'm That doesn't surprise me at all. I heard this week, and I found out where the rumor started. I won't, I won't divulge the source, but that Justin Timberlake is, in fact, buying a house in Morro Bay. I hope your source is credible. I don't know what it means. No, I, I, I actually believe it. When we're off the air, I'll tell you how it's learned. But um, I, I think I kind of actually believe it. I don't know really what it means other than um, the word's out, man. You know, and you might just be at the Albertsons or storming through the Spencers out there in, in North Morro Bay and find yourself a Justin Timberlake picking up a six pack. Well, it's funny. I've talked to some of the, you know, the folks who run the bay cruises or the whale watching tours and things like that. And they talk about some of the the celebrities who make their way up here and they like it because there's not that frenzy of paparazzi when they come here. They can be here anonymously and, and if, just enjoy themselves. If they get spotted, like I saw Britney Spears was at one of the restaurants in town a few weeks ago. And if they get spotted, yeah, it hits Facebook or whatever, but there's not paparazzi can't make it here and quick enough to nail them at lunch. So yeah. it is, it's far enough away that they're kind of insulated. I, um, I've been, I'm a lifelong boy around here. So I was a waiter at Marie Calendar's. Oh yeah. No, long, no longer open. Uh, in Pismo, but um, we have one in Atascadero, yes. by the way. If as long, as, long as you're you're just putting things on the list of why Atascadero is great. <laughs> All right, come on in and uh, get you that key lime pie. Low unemployment, Marie calendar. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I waited on Sir Paul McCartney. There you really? go. From the Beatles. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So there's Sir a, Paul McCartney knows about this place. There's a handful of celebrities that even live here yes. and old athletes now that are retired and live here. One was in the paper the last couple of weeks here. Yeah. Ted Lilly. Yeah. There you go. Did you see the update this week? 
Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know exactly what we're talking about, Ted Lilly was a baseball player. Um, I think his final job was with the Los Angeles Dodgers, if I'm not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, evidently, the story goes he had a RV that he had no insurance on and damaged. So he took out an insurance policy and then made a claim a week later. And it so turns out that the uh, that that's insurance fraud. You're not supposed to do that. And You're supposed to have the insurance before the damage. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of this week, I read that now there is sort of a plea deal that was taken whereby he's going to get fined 2500 bucks and have to do... Or something like community that. Community service. Yeah, 250 hours of community service. Um, he made a statement about how he's ashamed of himself. He'll work hard to regain the respect of everybody. Uh, and I was like, man, what a crock of crap. This guy was like a millionaire, and he lives out in Edna Valley or something. His fine should be equal to what he was trying to scam people out of. The two hundred and fifty thousand dollar RV. That should be your fine, dude. Not <laughs> two grand. That seems ridiculous to me. But anyway, <laughs> getting back to the point, there are some. What is your point? Celebrities are already around, man. They're everywhere. Yeah, it's um, a great area to be. It's a great area to be, and I think it'll become more and more recognized as such. And we'll be those like you know down the road. We'll be those people that were in slow before it was cool. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, <laughs> you'll be that Moro. You'll you'll be that Moro Bay guy that like owned real estate in Moro Bay in the 1900s. That's good. That's good for property value. Can't be bad. <laughs> I didn't own real estate in Moro Bay in the 1900s. Darn close. <laughs> Pretty close. Missed it by like three years. Yeah. <laughs> good times. Uh, hey, yeah, it's 10:20. We had to do a commercial break. That was so fun getting a couple of phone calls that I just want to yeah. say again. Um, and they. Those were great calls. Those weren't exactly the calls that I was looking for. Hey, but one's going to lead to a homework assignment for us. That's good. I'm glad you need more work to do. <laughs> uh, as a non-article writer of the group, that's fine with me. Uh, but I wanted to say, I'm looking for phone calls about somebody calling to say, this would be like an ideal call. I bought a house 12 months ago, and I had 5% down, and my house is off ocean air. It's like a three-bedroom, one bath, and my mortgage insurance and interest rate are X. And what do you? Th- what would be a likely outcome of that discussion? That's a great question for me. Maybe you could just ask that question. <laughs> I think you might have. <laughs> Somebody has a question, an awful lot like that. But it's an opportunity for us to explore and sort of explain to you guys about the fun side of lending and, and those kind of things that can be done there while solving real-life problems. Um, all right, it's 1020. we got to take another commercial break. Commercial break. We'll be back in a minute with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. 
Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Um, man, the phones are just lighting up now. So, yeah, give us a call. Let's let's do a phone hour. Make us feel good about who's out there. Listen, it's a rainy day. Everybody should be inside on the radio. First phone call here is Richard calling from Edna Valley. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Hello. Um, I love your show. I've been listening to it for several years now. Thank you. And I disagree with the last caller that... Uh, more real estate, less uh, policy wonk stuff. <laughs> I, I, I like you guys' uh, take on uh, the big issues, the um, uh, national and international economy and uh, digesting the, um, you know, the uh, financial situation that we all have. But my question is this. Um, I, I've yet to hear anybody really go into this, and it's pure conjecture. The, uh, I'm not looking for an answer, but I, I would like you guys to uh, just throw this idea around. Um, we're in the third or, f or fourth year now, actually, of a drought. Uh, as you know, the San Luis Obispo County was the first in the state to uh, move into an exceptional drought with the first and the worst. Um, what do you think three, four years from now, if this drought continues, and remember, uh, as I read in the Trib a couple months ago, this last century was the wettest 
century in 1400, maybe 14,000 years. We have had a history of catastrophic drought. What would this do to real estate? I mean, you talk about ecotourism, celebrity homes, this and that. I mean, yeah. you know, this is gnarly. What do you think? My my feeling on it is this. First of all, the idea of us running out of water is is rubbish. I, I, I just couldn't disagree more. But what I'll say is we're running out of cheap water. That's the reality of it. Um, the, the cheap, accessible, nearby, clean water. Um, that cheap water is what's really under fire. And so I think that in the end, the answer is, uh, I mean, so... I said a second ago, I'm like a Southern California guy. It's where I I was born and raised, and I moved up here for college and never left. Uh, my my family, one of my uh, my dad's really good friends, a good close family friend, they own a, an equipment rental yard in Woodland Hills, and it's right on Ventura Boulevard. It's a great piece of real estate, and there's this amazing picture they have of what the San Fernando Valley looked like way back when, when his great grandpa bought these parcels of land. And as I look at it, it doesn't look like, um, very habitable, amazing, lovely place to be. It sort of looks like arid desert. It looked like Lancaster Palmdale looks like a kind of thing where it's like, yeah, if you start building there and get it densely populated, um, it wouldn't be long before you were going to have a water problem. So I'm personally feel like I'm not surprised at all that we're running out of the cheap water um, and we're going to be forced to get a lot more creative about it. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that it's probably going to have too big of an impact on the real estate here in our area, as much as it is for probably the entire, you know, state from San Francisco South. I, I feel like it's something we're all going to learn to deal with and we're all going to pay the piper because, um, until somebody figures out how to live without water, we're, we're going to have this problem. I see. Yeah, I've been. I, I, I've heard the prediction of Montecito, a pretty tony area, was going to be out of water last July, and now I just read they, for one point six million dollars, have bought X acre feet of water from somebody who is willing to sell it to them. Right. And uh, property yeah, values that... haven't. And, you know, Cambria got their um, emergency water, the desalinization plant, up and running now. And I read just this week they got a grant from the state for a few hundred grand for, um, you know, their their water facilities. And uh, But it, it seems possible to me that we might be tapping into those other, like I say, we're out of the cheap water. We're going to get to yeah. the more expensive water. I was in Alaska earlier this year. Well, it's January, so last year. Um, and... The water situation up there is such the place where I was, it rains like eight feet a month or something crazy. Like it's one of the wettest places on earth. And all I could think was, well, we cared enough about oil to build a pipeline for oil. Maybe we seem to go slap a pipeline in right on top of the oil pipeline that just pipes that rainwater down here where, um, you know, so again, it's, it's the cheap water that's gone. I, I don't think the free water, um, that we're, we should all just go ahead and let go of that fairy tale. Um, we're going to be getting this premium water that we'll be trucking in from everywhere else. And who knows, maybe an Alaskan pipeline to bring water was a, would have been a better investment than the one that was bringing oil. Sure. 
Yeah. Hey, I also wanted to tell you, Richard, uh, first of all, thanks much for calling. Thank you very much for listening. Um, when Bill was saying that he likes it when we get away from the part that you actually enjoy, I didn't want to pop his bubble and say, I get so many phone calls and emails and people I bump into on the street that like you um, dig the the way that we talk about the other uh, m- maybe more technical or um, you know economic issues of not only things here in the county, but also abroad. So so yeah, it's that it's that overall approach. We're trying to give a little something to everybody. Great, you guys do a good job, and I, I appreciate you, you know, perusing the, the the media for all this news. I do too, and you always surprise me things that that you guys find that I <laughs> that I never I never saw or read about. It's a uh, seven days a week of scouring for us. <laughs> Thanks, good job, Richard. Guys. All right, take care. Bye bye. Man, I meant to tell Richard, because he lives in Edna Valley, that um, I'm doing a loan for somebody out in Edna Valley right now. Richard, if you can still hear me, um, a five-year arm for this guy, uh, a million bucks for three and an eighth for five years, and that's at no points. So um, you, you might be able to take advantage of that, uh, get in on one of those. We got the we got loans for the, the big heavy hitters of Edna Valley, too. <laughs> Hey, we've got another caller waiting patiently on the line. Joe from San Luis Obispo calling about HELOCs. If, am I understand that right? Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. My my situation is is I've got a hello by the way, and I do enjoy all aspects of your show. I try not to miss it. It's uh, very enjoyable. I appreciate it. Thank all you. All right. So uh, yeah, dive on in. What's per- your question? Yeah, my particular situation is I've got a uh, a rental property investment. I I rent myself, so it's the only property I own. Um, but uh, this rental property, I'm uh, coming into some uh, emergency situation, sort of, where I've got some uh, surgery that I got to do, and uh, may may have to take some time off work. And um, my rental is uh, at kind of a low rent uh, scenario, and I there's some things that I could do to the place that uh, I could, you know, make make it a better situation uh, and maybe get a better rent out of it, uh, especially in San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Well, I'm considering um, doing uh, a HELOC, I believe, but at one point uh, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I was told that there is such a thing as a C-lock. I might have to be yeah. considering because of the, um, yeah. So let you go ahead and- C-lock kind of got, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but my knowledge is the C-lock kind of got coined by CESLOC here in town. They call it their C-lock is the answer to the... So for everybody else, HELOC is an acronym for Home Equity Line of Credit. And C-lock is what you need if you do one from like CESLOC or one of the commercial banks like that is a commercial equity line of credit. So something that you're not owner-occupying then becomes commercial in nature for companies like that. With most of the big banks, like, you know, in not just us, but all the other banks around town, they're other than CESLOC, they're really going to consider your need of a line of credit against your house as a, as a home equity line of credit too. Um, and so I'll tell you, I, for one, I like the home equity line of credit, provided that you know exactly what you're getting into. And um, and this is where, uh, and I'll be perfectly upfront with you about it, we do very few of them. We have the ability to do a home equity line of credit. We do very few of them. Let me tell you why. Um, first of all, they're variable in rate. So you go through a period of time where while you're drawing on it, so you, you know, it's usually got a 10 year draw period where it's like a credit card. You get a checkbook, you get a debit card, you get, um, 
take the money as you need without anybody caring what it is you're using it for. You can pay your rent with it. You can pay a contractor with it. You could pay off your car loan by writing a check to your car loan company and, and move all that debt over. During that draw period, which is typically a 10-year period, you're paying an interest-only payment. So in other words, every month the check you write covers only the interest that you accrued during the previous month, and there's nothing going towards principal. At the end of the 10-year draw period, the loan recasts into what we call fully amortized, um, and it's fully indexed, fully amortized, which means your start rate is over, and you have your margin plus your index, and that becomes your new fully amortized payment. And you got to read the fine print there because the different banks, some of them will do a 10-year repayment period. So in other words, what you have now is 10 years of willy-nilly, use it as you can and as you like, and then on the 11th year, it turns into a 10-year adjustable rate loan. That short amortization period, and we have no idea what interest rates are going to be at that time. Those payments can go up by double, triple, quadruple. I mean, really a shocking situation. And and most of the home equity line of credit has a cap on the interest rate at 24.99%. Um, And most of them are going to be based on prime, right? And prime today is a couple percent, three and a quarter. So that's not that big of a deal. Let's say you get prime plus one. Today it would be four and a quarter. But prime... Prime lives comfortably somewhere in the six to seven percent range. So at some point, you know, I'd expect it could be eight percent or something. So if you have a plan to get a line of credit and use it and then pay it off a lot faster than that, it's a good way to use a loan. I'll tell you the pros about this compared to using a normal mortgage is you only pay interest on the money as you're using it, you know, because the other option is instead of getting a thirty thousand dollar line of credit, you get a mortgage for thirty grand. Now you take the whole thirty grand once and you pay interest on the full amount from day one, whereas in the line of credit, you take just what you need and pay interest on it once you begin. So obviously there's pros and cons to them. Um, so be real careful about whether you choose to do a mortgage or a line of credit. And then lastly, I'll tell you this, if you don't have the ability to pay the line of credit off um, with pretty good confidence before it hits the recast, then what you really want to do is make sure that you, if you're going to do that, that you still qualify for a conventional loan. And here's why. The line of credit standards are lower and easier to qualify for than getting a regular mortgage. And I can't tell you how many people come into my office that got themselves a line of credit five or 10 years ago, and they did it because they weren't working or they had a credit issue or something about their house. They couldn't get a normal loan, so they got a line of credit. And now here they are where the payment's gone up by four times where it was. They can't afford it, and there's no options for them. So don't paint yourself in that corner. Uh, be real careful to know that if you don't have a great way to pay it off, that you have a great exit strategy. Okay, so I know i got to read the fine print and so, but if uh, you say the first 10 years are interest only, you can't uh, – you can't pay down any quicker. Or no, I you can't. Can. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. And how about you mentioned about the uh, maybe the mortgage is a better way to go. Let's say you've got a three hundred dollar, uh, three hundred thousand uh, dollar property. It's uh, free and clear. Uh, but I'm like I say, run into a situation here where I need some uh, cash flow, and uh, it may be thirty to forty thousand that um, I'm uh, thinking to get out. You still might. Uh, consider the the full blown mortgage where the uh, I, the bank you know, gets on title rather I than would, than the HELOC kind of. I would. Yeah, because when you think about a HELOC, the best you're going to get on an owner occupied property is 
four four and a quarter. I mean, prime plus one, so that's four and a quarter percent today. But it's adjustable every month, and with a with a high cap. If you can get into something thirty year fixed, that's I mean. Are, are we talking a primary residence or investment? It's investment property. property. So investment property sure. rates today are what? Four. Four and a quarter, four and a half, if you're paying no points. I mean, at the high side. Yeah. So you can get essentially the same rate, but it's fixed, and you never have to worry about adjustments. You are having a bit of a higher monthly payment because it's it's a fully amortized loan, but... And Joe, you just made my ears perked up a little bit when you said, as opposed to doing a mortgage where the bank gets on title, in both of these situations, you'll be signing over title to your house as the now having a mortgage on it. So okay. in that case, oh. you're, you're legally going to be going down the same road for both. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I would, I would explore the mortgage if it were me, um, but it's up to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That uh, opened my eyes to some things. Thank you very much, and thanks yeah. for the show. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah, just about break time. I just want to say real quick is uh, those are great. Those are great calls. And the other thing that we didn't have a chance to tell Joe sometimes it's tough to get a loan for thirty or forty grand. Um, it's oftentimes below what a lot of banks really want to do. So what you what you do need to do is um, shop around and find a bank that's going to be okay with you borrowing thirty or forty grand. Um, and sometimes set an advantage for you to go ahead and borrow more, and then pay it back quickly. You know, they they won't do a loan for you for forty grand. Say their minimum's fifty. Go ahead and take fifty, and then when you pay your first mortgage payment, pay ten grand back. Um, it doesn't lower the monthly payment on the amount because it's all on a, on a 30 year fixed loan. This is amortized over like an installment loan, but it'll drastically reduce the term of the loan. Um, I just, I like the predictability of having a 30 year fix. When you talk about adjustable rate loans, uh, and by the way, and just as long as we're being thorough, um, I can do a five year loan for you, like literally 60 months and it's done, not 60 and it adjusts. I can do a 10-year loan for you, a 15-year loan, a 20-year loan, a 25-year loan, or a 30-year loan. So we can sort of couple your what you can afford every month with what the term of the loan is going to be to minimize the interest. The shorter the term, the lower the interest. You can oftentimes accomplish what you're trying to do without getting hoodwinked into an adjustable rate line of credit. Um, I dislike those loans at my very core. I don't think that it's a good solution um, for anybody but the guy that's got a million dollars in the bank and doesn't want to spend the million bucks. So instead, he'll use the line of credit to, you know, float whatever it is that he does with hundred grand here, hundred grand there, use it, pay it back, use it, pay it back. That guy is um, okay to have a revolving line of credit at an adjustable rate. Where we get into talking about guys like you and me that we're just uh, we're just working for a living and don't have those huge fat reserves. Um, let's do let's do those good fixed rate deals that have no wild card, no predatory feature, no ability for the payment to go up by double or triple or quadruple. Um, but oftentimes when you walk into one of the big commercial banks, tell them you need 30 grand. Um, they almost give you a HELOC like sight unseen. Yeah. It's like, it's like big fat credit card, but they get to attach it to your house. So they'll waive the appraisal requirement. They'll waive the escrow requirement. They'll waive the fees. And all of a sudden you're into a very inferior loan product because because um, you, nobody took the time to, to care about you and whether or not you fully understood what you're getting into. Um, 
that's the kind of call I was looking for. A call that shows some insight into we know what we're talking about. And above all else, we're always going to put um, your needs and desires and your um, financial security above ours. Our company, we don't do loans that are that are good for us and bad for you. Um some of the federal disclosures that we have to use these days talk about prepayment penalties and negative amortization and these different kinds of loans that um, uh, we don't even offer that stuff. We don't do any of that kind of stuff in our company. We don't ever want to be sitting across from a table from somebody that got an exotic loan or even a line of credit loan that they didn't understand and years later are in here facing losing their house or you know not being able to help pay their kids college tuition because their mortgage payment just doubled. We don't do that stuff. And, uh, and I appreciate, Joe, your phone call gives us the opportunity to, to reiterate that um, on the bigger platform here. So thank you. Um, and lastly, Joe, if you want to talk more about that and get a little bit of coaching or help, um, you can call us this week at the office. The number is 543-5626. We'd love to uh, be able to guide you through that, even if we don't do the loan for you. I mean, sometimes on a thirty dollars or $40,000 loan, there's a better way to do it, and we'll tell you uh, how to do that. Just call us. Um, time for the final commercial break here of the show. When we get back, we still have more to come. We never even talked about GDP, Dan. Uh, the trade deficit, manufacturing, capacity, utilization duo. You got all that, <laughs> don't you? Beige book. Here we go. We're going to be uh, out for a quick break. We'll be back for the final segment of Mortgage Matters. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. 
You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Inflatable pool, full of dad's hot air. Well, I was three years old. Splashing everywhere And so began My love affair Water, Water. I love that song I love that song, Brad Paisley Alright, welcome back everybody So we got just 15 minutes to go I love that it's raining today I want to uh, I, I want to change this uh, pattern, though, where Mother Nature seems to think that the best time for us to get rained on is the weekend. I don't know. It seems to be working to our benefit today. We got quite a few calls. No, that's true. People are, you know, home around the radio. My there kids are point. my kids are off school on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's some, uh, I don't know, dead uh, President's Day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> President's Day weekend. Oh. Is that it? On this well, no, Monday? that's next weekend. Yeah, that's this weekend's week. like Washington's Day, and the next Monday is like Lincoln's Day. And I think the following. I remember when I went to school, they would do instead of doing like a couple three day weekends, they'd give you like a four day or something. <laughs> Anyways, these kids in Atascadero are getting Monday back to back off for the dead cool. presidents. Presidents Day. Wow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but then it's gonna rain, you know. I was thinking yeah, tomorrow figure, we could huh? go do something out in the sun, but hmm. I say that, you know, it's kind of like the gas thing. Mm-hmm. We are, we're all pumped about the lower gas prices, but it really hurts some people. Mm-hmm. I'd really like it to rain during the week because I work inside at a desk. Um, but there's plenty of people that work outside Monday through Friday that are real glad that it's raining on the weekend on their day off. Yeah. So see one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, yeah. So, um, there was a a couple of other little things to speak about. Yeah, there were. One of the down parts of the economy has been the manufacturing. Did you see those numbers came out this week? Manufacturing index and factory orders. Factory orders are the you know, the bigger or they're the the orders to restock the shelves and mm-hmm. some they, f- they factor in bigger ticket items to transportation, durable goods, things like that. Um, they've just been down month over month over month. A lot of it has to do with transportation costs being down. It's kind of surprising. You'd think it's cheaper to operate transportation, that people be buying more of it. Talked about this a little bit last week. This is one of the dangerous parts about the um, even just the perceived deflation. Okay. If you think, as an average consumer, if you think things are about to get cheaper, why buy today for a buck what I could buy next week for 90 cents? This becomes true with gas, too. I mean, doesn't it play into you guys? I, when gas goes down by a couple of cents a gallon, it saves you like 40 cents, but you feel like a hero, right? But doesn't it change your mind a little bit where you're like, hey, man, gas has been going down. And I got a quarter of a tank, so instead of pulling over today, I'm going to limp this thing for two more days and see if I could save a nickel a gallon. Uh, same principle for people buying things and replacing those things is that if it if the cost is going down, 
why buy today what you could buy tomorrow uh, for less? And I think that begins to play out. This is why the feds have been trying hard to create inflation. Don't incent people to wait till tomorrow to, to buy. Yeah. yeah, if you save it today, then it's worth less tomorrow if inflation is true. Uh, so deploy those dollars today to buy the goods today, order the stuff today. Um, and so this is counterproductive to that. So you, you've been talking your GDP figures. What was this, fourth quarter final reading? Yeah, just that GDP was a little bit less than... 2.6 or something? Yeah, 2.5 was the, the correction. And, you know, it's a, that is, I think, in retrospect, it's not that big of a deal. But it just kind of shows that after what was a very good year... Um, Trumping through a lot of things and making some great job growth and stuff that the reading was a little bit uh, less than we had thought. Was that um, fourth quarter or the or the entire year? Fourth quarter of uh, 2014. Yeah, okay. and it was 2.6. Um, we learned also last week that the trade deficit for the month of December widened to its highest level since 2012. And that has to do with the dollar. Has to do with the dollar, where a stronger dollar um, can suck imports in and reduces exports. Um, I think I talked a little bit about this last week, but my good buddy that works in Taiwan was saying that they've suddenly found themselves at a real problem where with the dollar getting stronger, um, it creates problems, especially for their European trade, where these trades need to happen based on the dollar. And when their currency erodes a little bit against the dollar, they're the, suddenly the profit margins are sort of evaporating. So what you find here is that um, it, it weighs on exports when um, you're exporting to the U.S. If that dollar is stronger, um, then those exports slow down a little bit. So when you find and, and by the way, many people probably don't even understand the significance of the trade deficit but the the trade balance figures attempt to keep a running tally of the change in what we import versus what we export and you know it's hard to say like if i just asked you dan would you rather see it balanced or would you rather see us operating at a trade surplus or a trade deficit these are different schools of thought and i'm not going to say there's a right answer or a wrong answer we do know, however, that the GDP for the U.S., and this is how it all ties together, the GDP for the U.S., 70% of that GDP is based on consumer spending. As you just said, um, factory orders are down a little bit, um, which would lead us to believe that industry as well as consumers are beginning to hoard dollars a little bit. In doing so, you then affect that 70% of the GDP negatively, drawing out lower GDP numbers, which then undermines the strength of the overall economy. So it's sort of a double-edged sword. At the same time, do you want to be a strong exporter? That's cool. Sure. Yeah, you'd love to have a global more, more people consumer to sell base. Stuff to. <laughs> sure, I mean, if you said I could sell one of my widgets to everybody in uh, America, or I could sell one of my widgets to everybody in India, India, uh, I'm jumping ship quick. I'd rather export that stuff. So it, we really do need a good balance of imports and exports, and getting keeping um, sort of a barometer of whether it's shifting for the better or for the worse in terms of are we importing or exporting more or less or why. Um, and in this case, the stronger dollar widened that gap to a pretty big gap, but altogether. Um, and so that's negative news. We don't want to see the deficit widening too much. Um, but altogether, there's there are some amazing benefits to having a strong dollar. It gives us that ability um, to be able to, to import at a lower price. 
but also it reduces tourism too. When other country, countries like to come visit us, take holiday in America when the dollar is um, weak in relation to what their currency is. Um, so here's a takeaway for all the rest of the people here. Great time to travel abroad. Right, yeah. And airline <laughs> tickets, by the way, are ridiculously cheap right now with the low gas prices. They fill those wings up with gas, and that directly relates to what your cost for your chair on that plane is. So today we're we're hearing about great flights. We had a friend come out and visit last week from the East Coast that flew round trip direct for two fifty per seat. Wow, that's a great deal. Um, so if you can, uh, it's a great time to buy airfare and travel, and particularly a good time to travel abroad where the dollar's strong. Now you're going to get to buy more currency to the the destination where you are. But the flip side to that is that here on American soil, we'll see less tourism coming in, less people coming to spend money here now. Um, so that it's it's a balancing. There's not necessarily a right or wrong answer. But what you don't want to see is big volatility in that in either case. And seeing the deficit widen sharply in one month like that is a little bit alarming. But it's because of a stronger dollar. So celebrate that. So the other big piece of news that came out this week that was real estate related was just about pending home sales. Did you see this? Uh. Pending home sales were down almost 4% in December. And that was kind of, kind. Of, it seemed kind of surprising because uh, it feels like overall our business has only been picking up for the last three or four months by the way it's a seasonally adjusted metric too so if you want to just blame it only on the fact that in december we don't you know a lot of contracts weren't entered into because there were less people out shopping that argument is is debunked there on account of it's a seasonally adjusted metric to begin with so why that was actually just the monthly month to month reading but the numbers themselves are still good, um, and they're still up year over year. I yeah. I think every once in a while you're going to see a little bit of a, a blip in the market. And one of the problems I was just about to say, Dan, that was the best thing you said in six minutes. And <laughs> and, and and Jim, when he brought us back with um, that Brad Paisley water, uh, that was the best song you played in a half an hour. Really a good job there. Um, one of the problems is that we constantly search for headlines about lining out the best sense, the worst sense. Um, and I think it's partially because of these computers now that we're able to, to track. I mean, think about this for a second, Dan. Like, you're a big baseball guy, right? Yep. Who calls the games for the A's? Is that a big thing? I mean, like Chick Hearn or one of these names that have been around forever. Um, I've got Ray Fossey. There you go. Uh, in the calling of these games... One of the reasons these guys were great was their ability to their longevity of their career. They kept the stats themselves. They saw the games. They recorded it. They knew that this young player used to play in Oklahoma because they watched him play college ball. Today, with the internet, it's at the tips of everybody's mm -hmm. finger. So everybody can drop some stat about, you know, that that was the best comment you made in six minutes. That, that kind of stuff, I think, is just laughable. And we see sometimes you just got to roll your eyes at these headlines that come out. You know, like two weeks ago, Case Schiller Index shows that home values, you know, declined month over month for the second straight month. It's like, well, the actual values themselves year over year are up. You're comparing the short term to make a headline simply to sell newspaper. And that's yeah. not 
that's and that's not exactly okay. what this one was because it goes on in the fine print of the article it goes on to talk about how in spite of the the decline the index year over year had a pretty solid gain. There you go. Almost 12% more pending home sales so, year over year. Yeah, and look, come on. Everybody that is sitting around listening, and part of me wants to say, like, you're listening to a real estate mortgage um, economics show where we like to talk, chew the fat on these big things here. Check this out. You don't care. I don't care. Don't tell me about pending home sales. It's not useful information to me. Um, in context of everything in the economy, you do have to check in on all this stuff to try to figure out whether we're making progress in the right direction or not. Is this a good month to invest in real estate or not? Is it a, is it a good time to be listing your property for sale or not? Um, we know that based on the, um, the months of inventory on the market or whatever the big trends are. Um, and by the way, that, that stat that you talk about, that's published by the National Association of Realtors. That's a national metric. It has very little bearing for the gentleman in Morro Bay holding his newspaper about what's going on in his local economy. Kind of, sort of. But people still, most of what they get fed is the national news, and it, it fuels the... The sentiment. Yeah, the sentiment, and the so, confidence. Yeah, so some of these headlines, I think, are just dangerous. But the, the big takeaway here is that when you put it all together... There's a lot of there's an awful lot of good news about the economy right now. Things are strong. Interest rates are low. They're heading upward at some point. Um, so this is that call to everybody. Uh, it's how I started the show. I'm going to close it out the same way. If you've got a home loan and your interest rate's more than four percent, call us. If you got a home loan, interest rate is four percent, but you got more than twenty years left on the loan, call us. There's some you know three something low three percent for a fifteen year loan. Um, if you have mortgage insurance, what are you doing not calling us? That's ridiculous. Um, and if you have some combination thereof, interest rate above four and mortgage insurance and a loan term greater than 20 years, call us. Let's uh, get together and do a checkup on you. Um, I want to remind everybody, our company is just like our radio show. It's straight talk. It's a real deal. We're not posturing. We're not trying to paint some rosy picture or something. We want to have the opportunity to sit down with you and talk about your situation, your exact uh, requirements and needs, talk about your goals and explore those thoroughly. If you want that level of care, um, give us a call. We're, we're at 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters.